the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. <coughs> Whoa. How's that for some lung butter? Got an English muffin? I'll butter it for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Some days I like to do a little bit more strategy. Some days I like to do a little bit more business. I think one of the more important things to do is to really come up with a, I'm not going to say a curriculum, but a a series of mantras and series of things that you believe in as an investor. And, you know, maybe that's where I'll start right now. Warren Buffett is kind of like if you have problems with love, he's the love guru you go to. If you have problems with anger, you go to an anger management coach. But when it comes to money and investing and making money, he's one of those, those gurus that you kind of follow. And one of the things that he says, first and foremost, is buying a stock is more about just the price. Couldn't it agree better? His quote is, it's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. I'm not sure I exactly know what the hell that means, but I'd rather buy a great company, Period than a substandard company. So let's say, you know, back in the day, there was four or five search engines. You know, Yahoo, Excite, Lycos. There's two or three others, um, InfoSeek. And then there was like some really odd ones that like started bleeding in there as well. And, uh... Why buy the second or third player? Because you you want more reward, right? But there's also more risk, and you got to manage your risk. That's one of those important things about investing. Warren Buffett said, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. Investing is not a game where the guy with the IQ of 160 beats the guy with the IQ of 130. I say that on a regular basis here. Don't be a Mr. Smarty Pants. You don't have to. Um, I've got a 401k that I'm pretty damn proud of. 
I've got an individual stock portfolio that I'm pretty darn proud of. You don't have to be a Mr. Rocket Scientist, Guru, Buddhist, Rocket Man, uh, Genesist, Physicist, Pacifist. You don't have to be all those things to be the best investor. Uh, Do you think Nike's still going to be Nike in 10 years? Do you think Bank of America will still have their doors open, or do you think America's going to revolt on them? You know, there is a banking revolution that's going on, but to be quite honest with you, I'm betting otherwise. You want to master the basics. You don't want to master, like, the big picture issues. You, know, you want to manage the basics. You don't need to understand beta or efficient markets or modern portfolio theory, option pricing, emerging markets. You know, does it help to know a little of these things? Probably not. It's not the prevailing few in business schools to go with less. It's to go with more. And to be quite honestly, I think the financial curriculum of the MBA world is is skewed. Investment students only need, you know, well thought out thoughts, like how to value a business and how to think about market prices. Um, one of the things that you do as a financial advisor, as an investment advisor, is you build cases. You know, bad economy, neutral economy, good economy. Bad market, neutral market, good market. And those two concepts will take you pretty far if you're able to put the pieces of the puzzle together inside of it. You never want to buy a stock because everyone hates it. You never want to buy a stock because everyone loves it. You know, taking a contrarian approach is just as foolish as following the crowd strategy is the conventional wisdom. Bertrand Russell, his observation about life in general applies to the usual force in the financial world. Most men would rather die than think. Many do. Um, It's funny because there was one point in time where I got a phone call on one of my last CNET shows. And I'll bring in the CD one point because I've got some classic shows. I got my 9-11 show. I got my last show. I've got my first year in radio featuring what are called blackouts, i.e. flubs. There's one point in time where I forget to breathe, and I'm just talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking about this stock, I'm talking about this stock, I'm talking about women, I'm talking about seals, I'm talking about natural warfare, I'm talking about, and then I go, <gasps> and you can hear on air, like, I, I forgot to breathe. Anyway, um, I may grace you with that at some point in time. So a lot of Warren Buffett's uh, best thoughts are put in what are called his letter to shareholders. If you were to Google Warren Buffett lettered shareholders, you would find a lot of investment gems. If you were to read all of them, you can stop listening to this show. You can change the channel and listen to, you know, uh, uh, the old woman and the young guy radio show, which is on an FM channel. I think it's CBS based. And she's a chain smoker midget. And he's this guy who just tries to pull chicks. Which is nothing wrong with being either or, but at least admit what you are. And uh, when you're 50 years old and you're a chain smoker and midget, don't try to be hip and cool with an under 30 crowd because you're not hip nor are you cool. Anyway, uh, more on Warren Buffet. We are feasting on the words of the wise oracle of Omaha. Bad things aren't obvious when times are good. 
That's a fantastic point. And also, when times are good, it's easy to look smart. I think they go hand in hand. You only find out that you're swimming in... You only find out that your friend is swimming naked when the tide rolls out, right? I know you're saying, swimming naked? Tide? What are you talking about? I know when my friends are naked. Okay, okay, you got to work with me on this one. It's a big ocean. It's dark. There's seaweed. And uh, you're, you only see their head, and then next thing you know, the tide rolls out, and boom, you're like, oh, good gosh, you're naked. Uh, and you have rash right there. So you only notice these things when times are bad on Wall Street. Um, separating the wheat from the chafe, the men from the boys, I, I, I don't know what the phrase should be, but understand that when the market's hitting all-time highs, you may look smarter and feel smarter than you are. You want to be liquid. Liquid like agua. Like H2O. I don't know any other names for water. But you want to be liquid. You never want to count on the kindness of strangers in order to meet tomorrow's liquid uh, obligations. Um, my brother Michael, you know, when the stock market got tough in the 1990s, he cashed out at the bottom. He wanted to be liquid at a time when he shouldn't want to be liquid because he didn't have cash reserves elsewhere. So you want to be able to make sure that you can make your obligations so that you don't have to touch your investments. Investments take time. And again, you know, in the 1990s, you saw it go down for two years. He panicked, didn't want to quote unquote lose money, even though it was only paper money. Had he kept it today, you know, probably be a gain of over 800%. Best time to buy a company is when it's in trouble. Um, that's true. Best thing that happens to us is when a great company gets into temporary trouble. Uh, you saw a lot of banks two, three years ago go through a crisis, and a lot of them were at bargain prices, and they've since recovered 200, 250%. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking money, talking investing, talking war and buffet, feasting on the Oracle of Omaha's wisdom. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk great stocks? You want to talk how to find great stocks? You want to talk. You know, doing ETFs in, 401, in your 401k. Um, I could do any of this. Whatever you want to talk about. We could talk about the stock market, for sure. Stock ideas. Um, I like big stocks that pay a dividend. It's kind of goofy to say out loud, but it's true. It's, you know, some of you like, you know, 
more fit people, some of you like more curvy people, some of you like blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, what have you. Um, but you should try to figure out what works for you. Um, got an email from Ron Veer. Listen to your show every morning on my way to work. I found it very helpful in making financial decisions. I have a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath home worth $950,000. Woohoo! Welcome to the Bay Area. That means you don't live in a nice neighborhood yet. That's crazy. I was thinking of expanding into a four-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath home, as all bedrooms are currently upstairs. I tried selling my last. I tried selling my home last May, but the main complaint was there. Where do I keep my parents? They have a hard time going upstairs. You know where I keep my parents? Shoebox in the backyard. <laughs> well, that's actually not a rim shot. That's more of a creepy. You, know, you need like more of a spooky. Um, or where can I have an office? Therefore, I held off. Prices went up further. Now I'm thinking of doing this project by borrowing against my 401k. The reason for this loan is because I can't get a conventional loan because I had a foreclosure investment property in Stockton two years ago. (laughs) Investment property in Stockton. Those are words that do not go together. Ghetto in Stockton does. But not investment property in Stockton. Boom, jackalack, I'm straight out of Stockton. Um, but this tells me already, Ron Veer, that you're stupid. Financially, your literacy level went from like a five. I assume everyone's a five out of ten. You just went down to three because you once tried to buy an investment property in Stockton. So now I know, as I further read this, you ain't got all your marbles up there. The cost is fifty thousand dollars for the project. I think it will definitely be over a million dollars. The home, I guess, assuming he's assuming. Um, after it's done, as it will change the profile of the listing as well as increase the square footage. I don't know how the housing market will go, but I may decide to sell this soon. If I don't get a good price, I'll just stay in the house I'm in, refi later, and pull equity out to buy another rental property. <laughs> Maybe you'll buy that in Stockton too, huh? <laughs> oh, I don't mean to make fun of my listeners. Actually, I do. I'm because I'm financially literate. I know, I know, I know. Um, and then he goes on to say, by the way, it's in Fremont, and yes, I know you bash Fremont. You know, I don't really bash Fremont. It's just the part of Fremont that I work in on Fridays um, isn't where I'd want to be in a home. I know there's parts of Fremont that are very, very nice. There's three high schools here. One of them is exceptional. One of them is the Pitts. And it stinks to say that, you know, that's how our society kind of divvies some things up. And, you know, there's more opportunity for those that have than those that want. So anyway, um, so a couple thoughts here, you know, taking money out to buy a rental property, that that's fine if you know what you're doing, but you clearly don't know what you're doing. So I'd be very cautious. A $50,000 upgrade to add another bedroom I doubt that whoever's quoting you that is giving you a, an honest price. Um, and taking money out of a 401k tells me that you can't afford it. You know, to put it all in perspective. Um, if you borrow money from a 401k and you lose your job, you have to pay it back immediately. Not immediately, but 30 days-ish. So you have a very small window to pay it back. Month, two months. Um 
you know, the stock market's hit an all-time high. Had you done it last year, you know, you would have missed 15% move on the stock market, maybe a little bit more based on what time of the year you did it. Am I thinking the stock market's high? Yes. Am I thinking it's, you know, due for a correction? Sure. Am I thinking valuations are crazy? No. They're a little bit more than I'd like them to be, but we also are seeing job growth added into the economy. And that has a long way to go with it. I don't know what your 401k is allocated in. I don't know if you do a good job or bad job, so I really can't say. But I don't like taking money from a 401k. It's not to get all Christian on you, but it's like taking from Peter to pay Paul, which maybe that's not even Christian. Maybe it's, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Maybe it's Puff the Magic Dragon times, you know? Taking money from Peter to pay Paul. Um... I think your 401k is your nest egg. I think your home should be funded with, you know, extra savings on the side. And if you can't get a loan because you had a foreclosure, maybe that tells you that, you know, you're not the best allocator of capital when you have it to lay around. Um, the fact that you got a foreclosure tells me, you know, caution, caution, caution. So, you know, if you want to take a 401k loan, that's on you. <clears throat> You get pretty good reasonable terms on it, uh, but I think there's other ways of finding that financing, um, and I'd start with your budget, because again, if you can't afford the improvement, then you can't afford the improvement. Your house will eventually sell, and maybe it's a knockdown. If it's in Fremont, it probably is. Kidding. I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. But Stockton? Seriously. You should have your head examined after you did that bold move, and uh, all the power to you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Stocks have always come out of crises. That's another Warren Buffettism. Is that a word? Buffettism? Buffetism? Patent pending. Rob Black. And your money. Over the long term, the stock market news will be good. In the 20th century, the United States has endured two world wars. Expensive military conflicts. The Depression, a dozen or so recessions, financial panics, oil shocks, flu epidemics, Ebola, SARS, uh, pig viruses. Did we have a pig virus? Seems like we had a pig virus somewhere in there. Um, a resignation of a disgraced president. And yet the Dow has risen in that last 100 years from 66 to 11, you know, 1,000, 12,000, playing with higher Um I just, again, I, I don't want to pound the table that we always get out of our bad scenarios, but capitalism is different than headline news. So, um, I don't know. I think that Buffettism stands on its own, that it was while well, it was due to get out of crises. Don't be fooled that you get this, like, Cinderella feeling when times are good. You get high a little bit from good returns. And it's euphoric. You, normal, sensible people drift off and then try to buy real estate in Stockton. Like, people get make bad mistakes when they have a little extra capital. I'm Rob Black.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I hope you know that when I was making fun of that email, that I was doing it as kind of a tutorial and not being mean. That's not my goal. My goal is to get you investing, to get you thinking correctly, to maximize your smarts, to understand that you need patience, to understand if you think like, hey, I can't afford here, but I can afford there, that you're probably sacrificing something. And that may not be a good thing. You're probably taking on more risk. You know, in the world of insurance... You know, the very basic nature of it is you insure something. You get a phone that's a little bit bigger than the one you're used to, you probably should insure it because it's probably going to fumble out of your hands once or twice. You don't need to insure it forever. Once you get the hang of it, you can drop that insurance. Is the idea. I insure um, iPads. I insure notebooks because they seem to be the things that break. I don't insure refrigerators. They've got wonderful, uh, you know, protections on them. If they're going to break, they typically break within the first year. I doubly insure by using credit cards when I buy things. A lot of times when you buy credit cards, you get more insurance than you than you could care to think about. But back to the thought of insurance again is, like, the very nature of it is insurance. You protect against a worst-case scenario. So when you start hearing a salesperson tell you like, hey, this is going to make you a lot of money or you could take money out of it. It's your money. You could pay for your kid's college. Uh, when you start hearing like these wonderful things about insurance, no. Insurance is there for when someone dies or someone, you know, gets in a car crash and can't work or they get in a car crash with a car that's still not paid off. Insurance is there in case you come home from vacation and everything's missing from your home. Or if a dog bites your neighbor and suddenly your neighbor hates you and, you know, is talking to a lawyer. Insurance isn't there because, oh, and by the way, you're going to be able to send your kid to college with the money that you put into it. <laughs> Those are the insurance salespeople I want to, you know, poke in the eye with a stick. Wouldn't it be great just for one day that if all people had, like, jelly beans for eyes that you could poke in their eyes and poke their eyes out and eat them? Yum, 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 yum. Just for one day. Not every day, just one day. So, you got to be careful on how you think of things. And again, that's the reason I made fun of him. Because I think he thinks it's sometimes a little bit too easy, and I think he thinks he's a little bit smarter than others. So, back in 2009, I wrote a piece on the internet. And it's funny to look back, and like I've saved all my notes from doing radio shows, because um, oftentimes I send notes to myself, kind of thing. And I was writing, like, the eras of the internet. And, you know, this is just something I'll scribble down while at a bar or restaurant or 
while watching a little telly. The text error. You remember the text error? My dad worked for the military, and he brought home a computer in the 70s. That was pretty damn cool. It would hook up to the phone. So literally the, the phone, the telephone that was mounted on the wall, you know how it had like the big piece for your ear, the big round piece for your mouth? You would put that, you would couple it into a modem so that the phone could talk to the other phone computer. Two phones could talk to two computers is essentially the way I'd, I'd basically describe it. But there was like a hockey game that we got to play, and it used up printing paper. And I remember like, ooh, that's a lot of paper. My dad's going to get mad. My dad had this freaking control on me that's unfair to a six, seven-year-old kid. But I remember like playing a hockey game, like, and you could pick like the Bruins or, you know, there's a couple teams you could pick. And it used real players' names, and you'd be like, do you want to pass or do you want to shoot? And you'd pass it, and you know, oh no, a defenseman hits him and breaks up the play, and it's like so I did a little teletyping, or I don't even know what the hell you would call that, but uh, so I remember the text error of the internet. I do very much so. Um, so I've been on the internet since the '70s on some level, right? Uh, maybe that's just computer to computer, so maybe that's not quite the internet, but you get the idea. Then there's the the video era. And then there's kind of like a live era. Like I said, these notes are from 2009. So the live era runs fast on the video era. The live era of the internet will be made possible with the widespread rollout of you know new cell phones such as the Droid and the iPhone. <laughs> oh, we're not there. I thought we'd be there by now. Nope. Um, the video era, you know, it's using the internet infrastructure to provide video based on information usually tied towards entertainment, right? The video era arrived and kicked down the door with YouTube, but I think Netflix kicked in, you know, the, the back door, so to speak. And now you're starting to see all these different streaming services, you know, really dominate. So it's sometimes tough to break down these ideas and, and see contextually if you're right or wrong. You know, I wrote about a lot about the last mile, which boiled down to the question of how do we get internet delivered video onto TV? And a lot of people thought it was going to be fiber from the street to your house. And on some levels it is, but it's also cable from the street to your house. But it's also wireless and, you know, just coming up with better technology so we can stream things. The sales of movies over the Internet are skyrocketing. It's nice to see. Um, you know, the the live video era can be kind of seen with Facebook and you take a little video, you upload it. More and more people are using cell phones. And again, it's, it's funny to watch TV shows like America's Funniest Videos. Send in a video cassette because like it runs nonstop, I think, on TNT all weekend long. And there's nothing funnier than a, you know, a baby putting a poo-poo diaper on his head. There's nothing funnier. I totally agree. I could watch it all day. But the concept of sitting in videotapes now, like, no. And you used to have to submit videotapes to be on shows like The Amazing Race. Now you just do a YouTube video and upload it of why you think you deserve it. And you're doing it with your phone. So it's, it's very much so live video to the Internet. So I was kind of in the right area, but to say the least, I think some of my conclusions were a little bit wrong. Um, but it is fun to look back, too. You know, I think the go-go days of the 90s on the Internet was heavily tied towards... 
um, kind of like being a, a catalog online. You know, if you're a financial services company, you put your business in like, hey, who am I? I'm Rob Black. Here I am picking my nose while I'm going to Harvard. Here I am scratching my butt while I'm at Yale. And like you'd kind of like try to sell yourself. And uh, it's, it's become so much more dynamic. Has it not? Anyhow, um, stock market. October, November, December tend to be very friendly. End of the year. Um, summertime tends to be a little bit more of a problem. June, July, August. September, you're starting to get back to school, which is a little bit more friendly. But summertime, people go away. So you want to buy 100 shares of something, but you know something is used to having hundreds and thousands of shares bought, not 100. So the S&P 500 has increased two-thirds of the time in the month of November, with an average gain of 1.5% during the midterm year, 2.7%. There's a lot of stupid statistics out there. And that's something you have to be very, very weary of, because... Um, I don't think there's any place for headline news in finances. In planning your retirement, you should never, ever once listen to Maria Bartiromo. I like Maria Bartiromo. She's easy on the eyes. She's called the money honey. I love the way we sexualize everything, even financial TV media personalities. Melissa Lee. She's, I think, on Blue Fox and... uh she covers the oil patch. Do you know what Melissa Lee used to do? She used to cover tech gadgets for CNET. Do you know what her knowledge is of the oil patch? Learning on the fly. Cheryl Cassoni. She's a business reporter in the morning for Fox Business. She's got legs. Fox has what's called a leg cam. And they don't call it a leg cam. But they make darn sure that, you know female hosts on their shows are wearing skirts and showing a lot of legs and their camera seems to catch it. Um, the sex sell? Yeah. But you know what Cheryl Cassoni used to do before she got into financial media? She was a stewardess on Southwest. So look who you're getting financial news from and ask yourself, you know, is this a pro-po, a pro-pro, or a pro-no? Uh, usually it's not. And again, there's no disrespect to any of those people. They're wonderful journalists, wonderful broadcasters, and they put a lot of hard work in. But they don't got the background of working in money and or the background of education tied towards what they do. And I'm not saying you have to. But would you take investment advice from a stewardess? I thought so. Maybe you would, or a steward. Let me be fair. Hey, I always have seminars coming up trying to educate you. You can learn more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Robblack.com. As I pick my mouth off the floor, oh, you still know me in a year. Yes, I can feel it. I've been alone. I just know. I know I took the path that you would never want me. I gave you hell through all the years. So You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. To the people of Stockton, I want to say vote Rob Black for mayor of your city. 
I promise I'll bring in the bulldozers and smash it all down. You'll thank me later. Not only will I bring in bulldozers, I'll bring in big wrecking balls. Knock things over. Smash things down. Not only that, I promise to unleash Godzilla and Mothra. And they'll fight in your downtown. And they'll smash things and they'll tear things up and they'll cause fire and havoc. And they'll do what needs to be done to your city. Something very, very biblical. Wasn't it great as a kid watching Godzilla films on a Saturday? I don't think they do that as much as they used to. Maybe they do it like on TNT and USA Networks where they run like old monster movies. But the Godzilla ones where the thinking of the language just wasn't quite right. And like, was Godzilla a good guy or a bad guy? We never really knew. But then like when Mothra would show up, and Mothra was this big bat with bug eyes, kind of like a pterodactyl thing, but yeah, I guess it was kind of like a pterodactyl thing. There would always be one person from Japan that would go, Mothra! And like, why are you speaking like that, dude? Like, shouldn't you be going, ah, run! It's a big pterodactyl that it has electricity and weird stuff that comes out of its eyes. Um, so I will bring that. I promise you, I will bring that to Stockton if elected your mayor. You're just going to have to write me in on the vote. Because <laughs> I'm not actually going to campaign, if you know what I'm saying. How great would that be if I got a call in a couple of Novembers from now? Like, you're, you won mayor of, no, of Stockton. I'm going to make uh, Straight Out of Compton the theme song. Boom shakalaka. I'm straight out of Compton. I know you're saying, please, no more. No more. Oh, no, no. I'm going to do more. Um, a couple credit cards that I have, and this always fascinates me. I was talking to uh, a little clerk that I see on uh, times that I go pick up like a soda or a beer or something like that. So what's the most popular credit card that comes through here? And he's like, American Airlines. I'm like, really? So I've got the city double cash, where you get 1% when you buy something, 1% when you pay for it. Awesome. So that's what I use for most of my purchases. Also, I have the Fidelity Investment Rewards, which gives you 2% back, and you put it into a Fidelity account. Awesome. So I pay myself just by using my credit cards easily, easily four to $8,000 a year, depending on if I'm doing vacations and stuff. And uh, I don't have to do anything. Just have to spend money like I usually do and pay it off. That song by Magic Dragons that played coming in. I know I spend my life, spend my life. Pretty annoying. I know some songs pull that off, and that's how they obviously win. But, um, I don't know. So, back to investing. I'm digressing a little bit. There's a guy named Benjamin Graham, who Warren Buffett studied. And there's a book by Graham and Dodd that is like the investor Bible, so to speak. And the whole goal of it is to try to figure out intrinsic value of a company. And something you're looking for is return on equity. Return on equity is something you could find even in like a Yahoo finance page. You have to hit the stock. Let's say it's Apple AAPL. Um, maybe I should actually do this. So I can actually throw out some of the basic concepts here. 
So I'm going to Yahoo Finance. Apple up a buck seven today. One thirteen ninety seven. Woohoo! I own shares of Apple. Let me contain my enthusiasm. Sweet. I know you're saying you must be a lot of fun liquored up. I am. I admit that. Um, so Apple, some of the financial metrics on it, they call it key statistics. Return on equity of 33%. That is a stunning number. I don't trust anything from Yahoo. So I'll actually get a Morningstar or Value Line to see these numbers, but I'm saying that you could do it. It's good enough for you. It's not good enough for me. You plebe, you plebeian. Are you a plebe? Or do you want to join me in the proletariat? Join me, my friends. There's room for all of us. But back to Warren Buffet, shall we? And things that he looks for. Um, return on equity. Anything over 10% is pretty good. And you want to see how many years they've been doing it for. Desirable companies, you know, they do it not only over a short period of time, but over a long period of time. How much debt does a company have is really important. The ratio of debt to equity should raise a flag because a company's earnings are going to go towards servicing that debt. Um, you know, back to Apple. There she is, the old debt to equity. It's pretty high right now for um, Apple, but they did it also with incredibly low cost debt. So that's a little bit of a, a game changer. But they're fine as far as debt to equity goes. Um, then you want to start looking at things like profit margins. You know, for Apple, their margins are real fat right now. They're still able to sell their phones at you know premium prices. And the reason, the way they did that with iPhone six was they came out with a sixteen meg version, sixteen gig version, a sixty four gig version, or a hundred and twenty eight gig version. And in the world of tech people, tech snobs, size matters. And they, they charge more for the higher ones, a lot more. And it doesn't cost that much more, but they charge that much more. You want to look at the company, do they have unique products? And how much of a discount are shares trading at based on you know combining the numbers that you're willing to look at? Capital gains, long-term growth prospects. Focus on the company's business, return on equity, their margins, price-to-sales ratio, debt-to-equity ratios. Anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network. 
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about, oh, good golly, crazy food inventions. Taco Bell just concocted a dipping taco. For the love of God, tell me you concocted dipping taco. Yo quiero Taco Bell. No, don't you know that's the sign, one of the signs of the four horses of the apocalypse? The dipping taco. No, the gates of hell are opening. Taco Bell's waffle taco. Not goofy enough. Now we have to have a dipping taco. It's actually a rolled chicken taco. And the other is a new twist on the crunchy taco. But they're both designed for dipping. Also known as taquitos. But they're not calling them that. Because that's way, way too Mexican. (laughs) And we don't want to tie ourselves to that. These are dipping tacos for the refined. Fast food eaters. New products are the lifeblood. They're a fast food. And believe it or not, in the last year, McDonald's has not innovated. Burger King has. Burger King stock has rocked and rolled. So this may be kind of stupid enough to you, and trust me, it is. As with the waffle taco, a warm waffle wrapped around sausage or bacon, scrambled eggs, cheese, and syrup, the folks at Taco Bell are... Playing a tad loose with the language. The dipping tacos aren't shaped exactly like the conventional taco. More like a burrito or a taquito. And they're stuffed with mostly taco ingredients. Rolled chicken tacos. Made with all white meat shredded chicken. Sell for buck ninety nine. And they don't really have to get people in every single day. They just got to get that casual person who's not been in a year to come in and say, Ooh, pick that up and then, you know, where they're making their money, the Coca-Cola's. Ooh. You know Disney doesn't pay for Coca-Cola. They'll charge you five bucks, ten bucks to have your kid drink a Coca Cola and they don't pay for it. They make Coca Cola give it to them for free. No way. Or is that just an urban myth? So yeah. Um getting you to come in and, and purchase something, you know, ten chicken nuggets for five bucks or two bucks or whatever it comes down to, it's genius. Because then you get the incredibly high margin soda. To wash her all down. Dunkin' Donuts, bacon and eggs on a donut. It was an all-in-one breakfast sandwich. Now again, let me repeat that, just in case you missed it, in case you want to try it at home this weekend. I challenge any man out there on the weekend with his love to wake up Saturday morning, get some donuts, carve them in half, make eggs and bacon and put them in between a donut. And if she's still there, she's a good woman. Carl's Jr. Strawberry Pop-Tart Ice Cream Sandwich. What a monstrosity. Again, it's like taking a pig's body and putting a human head on it. 
Because ice cream sandwiches aren't delicious enough on their own, Carl's Jr. had decided to place hand-scooped ice cream between two Pop-Tarts. Are you kidding me? How about Pizza Hut's Cone Crust Pizza? Uh, this didn't go over terribly well, except for with the KKK, with their cone heads. Yeah, I know, you're saying KKK jokes still aren't in fashion. I know, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to bring them back. The description is enough to make you need some fresh air. Parmesan and crusted cones filled with Philadelphia cream cheese and chicken. <laughs> um, there's always the great KFC mac and cheese bites. What happens when your favorite guilty pleasure gets breaded and deep fried? You have a heart attack and dies. What happens? Don't you ever wonder why there's always a cardiologist right next to a KFC? Why there's always a veterinarian center next to a Chinese restaurant? Too soon. Too soon, right? <laughs> Meow. That doesn't taste like chicken. Where's Fluffy? Burger King Bacon Sunday. The Burger King Bacon Sunday. Another monstrosity. Not sure if Burger King should jump on board, you know, the dessert wagon of putting bacon on everything, but they did. I'm not sure of one person who ever ate a bacon sundae, but someone must have. Wendy's had a caviar burger, lobster and caviar burger. Um, getting a little jiggy with it. Burger King in Japan had the black bun burger. Bun actually had charcoal mixed in the dough to create a black bun. Mmm. What do I want on my hamburger today? How about a piece of charcoal? Uh, yum. The condiment of choice was squid ink ketchup. Bleah. Taco Bell's Dorito Locos Tacos, which is pretty genius. Combining, again, Frankensteining. God, I know you're saying, I've always wanted to listen to a morning show that used the adjective or the verb Frankensteining. It's an action verb, ladies and gentlemen. It's a mashup. Mmm. Let's see, what else do we have? As far as monstrosities. Burger King came out with a pizza-sized burger, which was just plain stupid. Pizza Hut came out with a hot dog stuffed crust pizza, which makes me want to vomit. I just threw up in my mouth and swallowed it. That's the most horrible thing that I've ever thought of in my life. The insanity of putting a hot dog inside pizza dough. For the crust, of course. Okay, just so you know, I'm kind of a bit of a food snob. I find hot dogs to be pretty much... The ones that are sold in our stores, not like the high-end stores, but the low-end stores. No, no, mainstream. I find them to be pretty gross. So, just so you know. To me, hot dogs go with wife-beater t-shirts in trailer parks. And 20 teeth, i.e. missing 12. It's a good luck on you. <laughs> oh, good gosh. I don't want to talk about the toothless right now. I don't want to talk about the toothless. If anyone wants to talk about the toothless, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. How about the Burger King Extra Long Chili Cheeseburger? Perhaps the Extra Long is the new black, right? Don't need it. Cinnabon, you know, you're in an airport and you walk by and you smell the cinnamon buns and they're just heavenly smelling, but it's the weirdest food. It like tastes, it smells so good to smell. 
but in your stomach, it's like 13 bricks. And you're like, how? I just ate a black star. It's too dense. My stomach, it's going to... And then two hours later, it all comes out. So, but Cinnabon had a foray into pizza. And guess what they called it? Well, the cinnamon bun is called a Cinnabon. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a pizza bun. White Castle had chicken rings because chicken nuggets aren't unrelated enough to chicken that we now have to make chicken rings. Like, hey, what part of the chicken did that come off? Oh, that's the ringlet. Chickens don't have ringlets. Exactly. KFC had shrimp that was deep fried that looked like stars because who doesn't want their shrimp to look like stars? Like, you're a ninja. You're throwing your stars. Oh, I might just eat one. Mm, That's delicious. McDonald's had the McLobster sandwich. Um, It was only served up in Canada. And when you look at the lobsters in the lobster sandwich, you're like, where did those come from? Like Three Mile Island? That was weird food inventions and how they play out on stocks. It was Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I have some serious investment seminars coming up. I'd love for you to sign up. Sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. As it all comes down, as it all comes down. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I just kind of had a little bit of fun, and I hope you understand why. It's, it's to teach you that investment's all about products. Intel is all about processing power. That's the product that they have. Facebook is all about eyeballs on pages. That's the product they have. They can tell you they're messenger this and that or that, but they're your eyeballs of where they spend their day. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. I'm going to start up a series on Facebook of when I was young, I had a little Scooby-Doo doll. I'm going to start taking pictures of Scooby-Doo in fascinating places and Scooby-Doo like eating dinners and stuff like that. And I'm going to see if anyone complains, like, what the H-E double toothpicks are you doing, posting updates of Scooby-Doo in Paris and Scooby-Doo in Yosemite and Scooby-Doo camping and Scooby-Doo eating, you know, a big fat steak. And if, I've probably got, I don't know, a couple thousand people following me on Facebook. If no one complains, I'm going to lose faith in all of humanity. In all of humanity. Because I'm going to show you exactly how inane it is. Maybe I'll have Scooby-Doo with Scrappy-Doo. Don't you hate Scrappy-Doo? Like, don't you hate it when they introduce something small and cute? The Brady Bunch was the first dude, I think, with Oliver. Um, and you're like, Cousin Oliver's coming to visit him. Yeah, he wasn't that cute. Um, then what other, you know, Godzilla had Godzuki in the cartoons. Um, the cartoon, awesome song, Up From the Depths. 40 stories, Ty. Breathing fire. Um, 
But yeah, anytime you bring a kid on, it's always a bad sign. Always a bad sign in television. Um, one of the things I said in the, you know, previously is don't get fooled by that Cinderella feeling that you get in love, and don't get fooled by that Cinderella feeling that you get in the stock market. They're both very, very dangerous. Um, but when you feel like you're almost high because this guy loves you so much, I'm not saying that it's going to strike 12 and he's going to get out of there. But it happens on Wall Street that way. Nothing sedates rationality, like large doses of effortless money coming into you. Nothing. The line separating investment and speculation, it's, it's never very bright. It's never very clear. But we get kind of a heady experience of love when we're making money. Like, seriously, I own a lot of Apple. And now when it moves up a point, I'm like, woohoo, I just made $40,000. And I'm sitting here, not with a cork in my butt, but pretty much so that, right? I know you're saying cork in your butt. I think that means something, some sort of country euphemism or something. But you kind of get kind of like, woo, I'm going to go get a big fat steak for lunch and call it a day. And then by the end of the day, the stock crashes too. And you're like, oh. Mr. Buffett taught me how to think long term. If you're not willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't think about owning it for 10 minutes. You know, a part interest isn't the way to... You want full interest in, in what you're doing. You know, earnings are virtually certain to be materially higher 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now for some companies. And that's the companies you want to invest in. If you could say, I want to hold this forever, it's probably pretty good. Let me give you an example. Let me give you the example of love first. They say that some women age like fine wine. But they also say that some women age like milk. It's not good. It's not good. It was bad. It sours. Right? Same thing with stocks. If you find the woman that you love, you want to hold her forever. With a stock, same thing. You want to try to hold it forever. If you could look at something and say Nike. Man, I remember when I was a kid, Nike shoes. I had to wear Bobos. Do you want to remember what Bobos were? They're like Kmart branded shoes. And they cost $1.99. K- Bobos, they make your feet feel fine. Bobos cost $1.99. Like kids hated them. Which for the record, parents, oof. think back to school. Think not spending a lot of money. But think of your kid being teased for wearing $1.99 shoes. Don't be that parent. Don't spend a lot of money. You know bats now? There's Little League baseball bats that cost $400. I would have to be caught smoking crack with the mayor of Washington, D.C. to have a $400 baseball bat. Just so you know. I know you're saying that's a good use of crack reference. You remember uh, Washington, D.C.'s mayor got caught smoking crack in a hotel with a prostitute. And the funniest thing that came out during the sting was he said that B-I-T exclamation point H set me up. <laughs> I'll say witch. That witch set me up. Uh, what was his name? Mayor Ed, Mayor Barry. Mayor Barry. Marion Barry. And he was like this big civil rights guy in the 60s. And 
Then he becomes mayor for life in the 80s and uh, kind of went down and pretty hard. Anyway, buy businesses that can be run by idiots. Think of the guys dumb and dumber. And if they could run the business, it's probably a pretty good business to get into. Um, like I said, Nike keeps coming to mind. Disney keeps coming to mind. You know, and they give course up. Not, it's just they kind of per, businesses perpetuate their own customers at times, right? Warren Buffett's best line of all time, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. Um, I don't think you have to live with that, but I think that should be in the back of your head. When you're starting to think, like, I'm going to take some money out of my house and put it in the stock market, you're getting greedy. When you're starting to think, like, the stock market's down 60%, 40 to 60% think six years ago, and you're like, I want out. And then it rallies 250%, and you're like, I want an end. That's when that be greedy when others are fearful, and be fearful when others are greedy really hits home. Um, you don't have to move at every opportunity. You know, I own a lot of shares of Apple. And at one point in time, it was at $700, and it drops all the way to 380 I bought a little bit more on the way up at 400 420 um, I don't have to, like, panic and sell. I mean, some of my friends were probably like, oh, you should have sold it at the top and bought it at the bottom again. Da, 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 no, no doubt. That, like, that's what have been a winning proposition for you. You didn't have even more money, Mr. Black. I hate it when people call me Mr. Black. It's my dad. So you don't have to make moves every single time. You've got a good company, you've got a good company. Um, I think ignore politics when it comes to investing. We've had Democrat presidents, or as the, the, the Richard from Berkeley referred to it as Democratic presidents. The party is actually the Democratic Party because you're trying to be a Tea Party member and water down the word by calling it Democrat, which is basically like the N-word. What? You Berkeley people, you can stay in your trees. Leave me alone. You come near me, I'm going to zap you with a zapper. Cal prod you. Dirty hippie. Anyway, ignore politics when investing. We've been through them all. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anytime you want to talk, pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um... Great companies is something that we talk about on a regular basis. It's something I kind of want you to do. And I don't know. Is to sit down and write down what you want to buy. And I don't think you want to buy hot stocks. I think you want to buy stocks that have been around since you were a kid. You know, think about 
Think about things like American Express. Think about things like Disney and Nike. Now, those are individual names, and you can get into a lot of trouble with individual names because there's going to be periods of time where individual stocks underperform for whatever reason. Disney did good under Eisner. They've done even better under their new CEO. And that's something that can ultimately hit you. So please note that. You know, good blue chip companies have the financial tools to weather a storm. And again, maybe that'll make you feel stupid. But also it'll make you feel safer when things go rough on you. Um, you know, I can go back and throw out some ideas. One of them, you know, Bank of America. Pretty solid company. They've had some problems. I expect them to have problems. I think six years ago, five years ago, when we had a banking crisis, it gave you one of the best investment opportunities of all time. Those don't come across often. You know, um, now there's some blue chip companies that I think you want to stay away from. Like General Motors. To me, I'm not a big fan. I think America has gotten very, very fickle with how we buy cars. But names like General Mills, H.J. Hines, Bank of America. Now, Eastman Kodak was once a blue chip company. And it fell into bankruptcy. It failed to adapt. Um, Eli Lilly. Um, great long-term name. Pharmaceutical company. It had one of the steepest patent cliffs in pharmaceutical industry between 2011 and 2013. And it got through it. So nice dividend yield that you know keeps you in those tough years. Um, there's a name like Kellogg's. What do they make? What do they make? Do you know? Does anyone here know? Anyone? Anyone? You've not heard of Tony the Tiger? They do American morning food, breakfast. But they're in North America. They're in Europe, Latin America, Asia Pacific. And they do you know, all sorts of savory little snacks and cookies and veggie foods and business bars and wellness bars and crackers. And they've got those Keebler elves locked away. How come no one's ever considered that like white slavery or midget slavery or something, right? Why are these Keebler elves making cookies? Um, Cheez-Its. I'm pretty sure there's no cheese in Cheez-Its for the record. I think it's plastic. Famous Amos Cookies. company was founded in 1906. You think Kellogg's going to go out of business anytime soon? Now. How about ConocoPhillips or ExxonMobil or Chevron Texaco? Yes, oil is falling apart right now. And guess what? Warren Buffett said the best time to buy stocks is during times of crisis. It could be a whole stock market crisis. Like... Oh, no, there's terrorism, which the whole stock market panics. Or it could be like oil going from 
$105 a barrel to 50 The lower oil goes, the more I'm excited. A company called Altria. They make these little white buds that you can plant in an ashtray and they grow into cigarette trees. I know you didn't know that. Cigarettes grow on cigarette trees. Um, it's true. The roots of Altria, which is fantastic for the record. Um, we are known as Philip Morris, but didn't that Philip Morris horseman die of cancer? Let's change our name. Quick, call it Altria. No one will ever notice. Altria sounds like altruistic. That's a good word. Uh, their roots go back 180 years they've been making cigarette trees. Now, personally, I prefer Philip Morris over Altria. Because, you know, like, uh, Asia exports cheap clothes to America. and We're all mad about it. Like, you made my Nikes for $1. You paid a small child $1 to make Nikes, and you're charging us 120 Oh, thank you. They feel nice. Ah, oh, those little children in their small hands make wonderful shoes. But I prefer Philip Morris over Altria because what we export in the United States, cancer. Now, we send cigarettes to the world. Now, just to give you an idea of how great these companies are, Philip Morris and Altria, they're basically at all-time highs. Now, Philip Morris has been going sideways for a couple of years. Um, but that dividend yield of 4.5% is a nice income play. Now, Altria, again, which is the U.S. version, and now they've got all sorts of, like, tobacco-less tobacco, which I'm not sure is even real, but it sounds real, and chewing tobacco that's leafless or something like that. That stock in the last year has gone from uh, 40 to 50. That's a pretty good 20% move plus. And it's paid a 4.2% dividend yield. Is there shame in owning a cigarette company? Sure. I own some cigarette companies and my dad died of cancer. When I die, or this week, I can write a big check to charity for cancer research, for stopping kids from doing it. Again, is this a stock you should automatically own? No. Um, but since they've split, you know, back in 2005, it's done really, really well. Other companies that are I consider blue chippers, H.J. Heinz. Uh, they make condiments and ketchup and sauces and frozen foods and soups and beans and pasta meals and food for kids. If you go into a Safeway or like a Lenardi's, they now have packets. And Campbell Soup is doing this a lot of like it's pre-made sauces and you just add the meat. So if you want tandoori chicken, you pick up a packet of tandoori sauce. Or if you want chicken marsala, you pick up the chicken marsala. You just add mushrooms and chicken. It's pretty darn tasty. And, you know, America's taste, back in the 1930s and 40s, we had like four spices, like salt and pepper. And then in the 60s, we added like 10 more spices to our spice cabinet. Now we've got like 60 spices in our spice cabinet. If you come over to my house, I've got star anise. Star anise? What the hell is star anise? Like, why do I have that? Because one recipe wanted it. I know you're saying, Rob, you cook by recipe. That's pretty hot. I know. Oh, hey, ladies. Um, yeah, look, we're more in spices now, and that's that plays well in companies like McCormick or H.J. Hines. Um, DuPont, uh, diversified chemical company. They make seeds and insecticides and coatings and electronics and communications and constructions and transportations. 
issues. Founded in 1802. What were you doing in 1802? I didn't think so. You weren't even a glimmer in your grandfather's eye in 1802. You might have been a glimmer in your great-great-great-grandpappy's eye. But you get the idea. So uh, McCormick, Spice Company, going back to them for just a second. Um, if you bought the stock in 1990, you would have paid five bucks for it. In 1995, 12 bucks. 1999, 17. In 2005, 28 bucks. In 2010, 40 bucks. And today, 73 dollars. So every five-year period, going back to 1990, it's gone up. And here's the kicker. And it has all its teeth. No, it has a 2% dividend yield. Uh, you asked me to name stocks, I'm naming stocks. Not only am I naming stocks, I'm a little out of my mind. So that happens from time to time. General Mills. First there was Major Mills. There was Sergeant Mills. There's Corporal Mills, there's Colonel Mills, and then you got to the general. The company's 150 years old. Every now and then, yes, when I'm feeling randy and I have a love of my life, I'm going Haagen-Dazs. Or Ben and Jerry's. I'll cook dinner for you. You bring the Ben and Jerry's. You know what's happened. You know what that's code for. What's it code for? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. So, but like, they also make Betty Crocker desserts. Um, they're not going out of business anytime soon. Um, Coca-Cola. I have a love-hate relationship with it. Would I buy it for the long term? I would. I could find, I prefer Pepsi as my blue chip soda company. And how about UPS? Stock we never talk about. I love it. I have to go to UPS today to send something back. It ain't cheap. But what are my options? Am I going to hire a drone? No, all the drones are patrolling the Mexican border now. Where have all our drones gone? You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. What do you want to talk about? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, hashtag asterisk forward slash underscore. First person call back and repeat that. In binary code, 
that's plus the color in my head wins. I don't even remember what it was. I have to go back and check. Just checking to see if the phone works. So Dollar Bill sends me an email. He says, I'm going to go out on the limb, but this is your best show in weeks, Rob. Screw you, Dollar Bill. <laughs> I hate you. And if I could hit you with a glove right now, I would. Like, me, yes. So be quiet. Go stand by the beach and wait for a tsunami. Which people may not know, Dollar Bill actually did once. When we had a tsunami warning, I asked for any updates from the beach, and he was the one who did it for me. Oh, just too shame, shame, shame we didn't actually get the tsunami, huh? Anyway, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. The more you trade, the more you're going to underperform. So trading academies and things like that, there was... I left a national radio show. I was doing... I was working for a company called Business Talk Radio. And I knew it was time for me to leave when the show before mine, well, I was, I was couched by the two devils, as I call them. The show before mine was a company that did like red light, yellow light, green light investing. So they'd sell you software for $4,000. And it would say red light means sell, green light means buy. We make investing that kind of easy. Now, honestly, if it was that kind of easy, do you think they'd sell it to you for $4,000? If I had software that could tell me exactly when to buy and exactly when to sell with something as simple as lights, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. And guess what I'm going to own? I'm going to own a string of islands. I'll buy all of Hawaii. And on the five different islands, if there's more than five or there's less than five, please, whatever you do, do not correct me because I will freak out on you. I would buy all five islands and I would start my own basketball league that it, you would, it's only for midgets and me, and I get to ride a donkey around everywhere. I would own these islands, and I would be a donkey-riding king. I love donkeys. I saw a donkey in Mexico once that was very, very disturbing, and that's all I'm going to say. It wasn't being abused, but we don't get close to nature sometimes. Like, uh, going to Yosemite, you're like, ah, mountains and hills, and wow, there's not houses on top of houses and concrete everywhere. It's refreshing. Yeah, I don't, when you see a donkey in person, like, it's something that you, you remember. So anyway, if I had software that could predict everything, I'm not going to share it with you. Not for a million, billion, trillion dollars, because guess what? I'm going to make a million, billion, trillion dollars, and then you know what? I'm going to date Jennifer Lawrence. Because I'll be worth one million billion trillion dollars. And then when she turns 25, I'm going to date someone who's 20. And when she turns 25, I'm going to date someone who's 20. And I'm never going to eat bacon because I'm going to try to stay alive as long as I can. And for the record, to die from bacon, you have to eat like six pieces a day. It's one of the most vilified, hated foods for all the wrong reasons. With that said... If I had software that could do red light, yellow light, green light, I'm in. Okay, so I, was, I told you I was couch told by the two devils. One was this trading software where I start this segment by saying the more you trade, the more you underperform. For investors as a whole, returns decrease as motion increases. Um, Sir Isaac Newton, who when you quote Sir Isaac Newton, you do, um, he had talents, and they didn't extend to motion. He had talents extending towards laws of motion. He lost a bundle in the South Sea bubble, uh, a bundle of money. 
saying, I can calculate the movement of the stars, but not the madness of men. That's his quote. I can calculate the movements of the stars, but not the madness of men. He was traumatized by that. For investors as a whole, returns decrease as motion increases, is the law of motion that I want to invent. Price and value are not the same thing. A $5 stock is not cheaper than a $100 stock. Whether you're talking about stocks or socks, buy quality merchandise. Um, and when there is a sale in the stock market, buy it when it's down. I really, really like... Um, oh, I don't want to... What company can I say without... Um, Nike at $90, but I really love it at $50, and I really, really love it at $70, and I really, 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 really love it at $40. I know I kind of went out of sequence there. I should have liked it at 10% off, 20%, more at 30 really a lot at 50 but you get the idea. Um, so just because the stock's down doesn't mean it's bad. You know that, right? A good business person makes a good investor. Um, I'm a good businessman, a really good businessman. Uh, I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman and a better businessman because I'm, 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 you know, I don't tie those two together, but you want to know business if you're going to invest. You don't have to do it the other way around. Um, taxes aren't the devil. Taxes are a good thing. It means you're making a profit. You know, there's a company that makes Wrigley's Double Mint Chewing Gum. They haven't changed their formula in a long, 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 long time. That's the kind of business I like. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.